I'm not gonna raise my voice. Yes! I'm really good at basketball for a puppet. What just happened? I drink your milkshake. What's up with those shorts? It's either super good or super bad. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Gobble, gobble. Happy Thanksgiving, you turkeys. From the Dyer Prime Studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode two, Virginia Commonwealth University. Can it be as simple as West Virginia scored the first 13 points of the game and won by 12? One could argue that it is that simple, but let's say it's not. WVU beats Virginia Commonwealth 78-66 to advance to the championship game of the prestigious Bad Boy Mowers Crossover Classic in South Dakota, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. WVU out-rebounded VCU by 14 today. VCU, again, it took them nine minutes to score a basket. Some of the shots inside the Pentagon today really emphasized the height advantage WVU had in this one. And WVU had the height advantage in the first game. But small gym, the angles of the cameras were a little bit different. And there were some shots where it's just Culver is just towering over everybody. Oscar towering over people. So to put it in movie terms... VCU were the humans in Avatar. Have you seen that movie Avatar? VCU are the humans, and Derek Culver was one of those uh, avatars. You know, the blue people with the tails? That's what Derek Culver was. And he was the MVP of the game. Derek Culver, 23 points, 15 rebounds, only one turnover. My man had two blocks. He was really bringing the stuffing on Thanksgiving. Am I right? (laughs) It's November, so he's making free throws. Nobody had an answer for Derek Culver today. And I won't spoil Avatar. The humans had some answers for the Avatars. Watch the movie. You know, it's been out a few years now. My only prediction... For this game coming off of the first game is that Oscar would score more than what he did in the first game. He struggled in the first game. And he did score more today. He had a mediocre for Oscar, 11 points and 16 rebounds. This was not Oscar's A-plus game, okay? This was a C game for Oscar. And for Oscar Shibway, his C equates to a (laughs) double-double, which is hard to do at any level of basketball. And he, on an okay day, stayed out of foul trouble, got 11 and 16. So I've done my movie reference. Let's do a music reference. Let's compare Oscar to Kanye West, (laughs) not the presidential candidate Kanye West, the musical artist Kanye West. I can separate those things. Oscar's South Dakota State game was the equivalent of Kanye West's Yay album. 
You know when he came out with like seven albums, eight songs each a couple of years ago? His own album. That was his worst album, okay? And not that that was Oscar's worst game on South Dakota State, uh, but he's only played two games, so let's give him... <laughs> let's compare the South Dakota State game to Yay, and let's compare the VCU game to the life of Pablo. All right? And those three or four two-footers that Oscar missed in the first half, that's comparable to the three or four songs you can skip on The Life of Pablo. Forgettable songs. Skippable songs on the on the Yay album that's eight songs long, you can skip seven of them, I would argue. <laughs> so anyways, Oscar better, not a complete bounce back. You know what? I listened... Uh, to the first episode because it's my podcast and I didn't talk any about Taz Sherman. Taz, Taz Sherman has, has come out of the gate strong shooting the ball. Well, he shot the ball well in the first game today against VCU. He shot the ball. Well, he's creating his own shot. The offense, not where Huggins wants it two games in. Uh, so sometimes Taz gets the ball and dribbles some and does a step back and makes a shot. I like what he's doing offensively. And he played some point today. So I was not expecting Taz Sherman point guard. He did fine. We'll get into more about that here in a minute. But I can see Taz being a point guard. I also can see Taz and Shot Robot on the floor together uh, a lot more. I'm really liking when they're on the floor together on the offensive side. And it's not, it's not a train wreck defensively. Uh, shot robot defensively, the defensive algorithms that's been put into the shot robot. They've tweaked it. He he's doing, he's holding his own on defense so far two games in and what else? Good. Um, West Virginia shot less three pointers. Now, that's a testament to how VCU plays defense. A little more aggressive, I would say, VCU than the five guys creating a human wall uh, five feet in front of the basket, which was South Dakota State's strategy. Fairly successful, but different. So WVU shot less threes. Uh, so that's good. They cut it in half, and their shooting percentage increased from three. All that is good. What was frustrating today? Uh, Dan Dockich. <laughs> Our old pal Dan Dockich was calling the game. I've heard people say this in my life. When you know you run on you run into somebody and say, "Hey, me and my friend were just talking about you the other day," and that person says, "Oh, you know what? My ears were burning." Like. The idea that your ears would burn if somebody is talking about you, if they're in another physical place. That's not true, but people say that. But imagine if it was true. And imagine how Dan Dockett's, his ears feel when he calls a WVU game. <laughs> because that talk has got to like be smoldering Hot, hot heat. You know, like that that fire that makes glass like 
uh, turn into like a like kind of bubbly and like you can move around, you know, glass, that kind of furnace. That that's what I pictured Dan Dockage's ears to be like when WVU fans are talking about him when he's calling a game. But specific to WVU, what was frustrating? Uh, you know, I mentioned it with Oscar. They missed a lot of close shots. Oscar wasn't the only one. Culver, as good of a game as he had, he missed some close ones. Uh, Gabe missed some close ones. So, you know, they they shot 41% for the game. Mildly better than the South Dakota State game. But it's it's not great. You're not great at offense if you're shooting 41%. Rebounding, out-rebounding the other team really helps that cause. Uh VCU pressed. They put the pressure on, and WVU didn't handle it well. And so you follow up a three-turnover performance with a 21-turnover performance. So a the classic both sides of the spectrum deal within two games. And Huggins, after the game, he put that on, which is very obvious, the lack of time to prepare for, for VCU. VCU wasn't even in this tournament until Monday. <laughs> so how do you prepare? And then they have the late games, and then those teams play uh, the second game of the day? Very short turnaround. So it, it could be as simple as West Virginia scored the first 13 points of the game because – very limited time to prepare. You just roll the ball out, you know. The fellas just rolled the ball out the day and played some basketball. But Huggins said, you know, we don't have a, a press breaker prepared, and I get that. So, but 21 turnovers, too many turnovers. Three, uh, impossible to do that every game. 21, don't do that every game. But overall, it was the game was played at WVU's tempo. They got sped up with the press sometimes, but overall, they that's how they want to play. <laughs> Lots of rebounds and just out physical you. And so West Virginia is now two and zero. Random thoughts coming up. Dyer Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. It's Christmas time. You know what you think of Christmas? <clears throat> Dyer Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. It's Christmas season, and Dyer Prime can help you with a certain Christmas item this holiday season. Stocking. You know, you fill up the stocking. You don't. Santa does. What if you could get a professionally embroidered stocking with a human name or pet name on it? Dyer Prime can do that. Limited quantities exist. Fine, fancy-looking stockings with your name embroidered on it. Call or text Dyer Prime to find out more, 304-767-4445. Or find them on Facebook or Instagram. Just search for Dyer Prime, D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. It's Thanksgiving. 
It's also Bad Boy Mowers crossover classic time in South Dakota. And Mount Rushmore's in South Dakota. So that gives me excuse, pay attention ESPN, to do a Mount Rushmore. And this Mount Rushmore is a Mount Rushmore of things I'm thankful for in my lifetime as a WVU basketball fan. There can only be four. So honorable mention didn't make the mountain. I'm thankful that Buddy Hill's shot happened after the buzzer that one time in the Big 12 tournament. (laughs) Not the highest stakes ever. WVU is going to make the NCAA tournament regardless of what happened, and West Virginia didn't win the Big 12 tournament that season. But just a a heartbreaking way to end a game. <laughs> the old the old 70 footer. So I'm but that did not make the list. The Mount Rushmore. Number four. I'm thankful that in my lifetime, it's this is a fairly recent one. And so I don't think there's recency bias to this. I'm thankful that Javon Carter got a second NBA contract. I have never met Javon Carter, and yet I was thrilled and very excited for Javon Carter. NBA just finished up the big push of free agency, and Javon Carter is going back to the Suns for a reported three years and the contract worth $11.5 million. Amazing. And he deserves all of it. You know that guy. Even if you've never met him, you know that guy works hard. And he's worked hard, and it's paid off in the NBA. He's on track to play in the most NBA games as a WVU alum in my lifetime. And it's just great to have a WVU basketball alum in the best basketball league in the world. So I'm thankful for that. And congratulations to Javon Carter. The next head on Mount Rushmore and things I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that John Calipari couldn't figure out the 1-3-1 10 years ago. Such a great thing to happen in my lifetime, WVU basketball in the Final Four. Speaking of that, my friends at the Final Forecast, listen to that wherever you listen to the podcast, they're doing their 10 Years Later series interviews on lots of the guys and people involved with that 2010 final four team. So check that out wherever you listen to podcasts. Next on the Mount Rushmore, I'm thankful that it didn't work out for Dan Dockich. Catlett gone, Dan Dockich hired in Morgantown for about a week and then left. And I'm thankful for that. And if you ask Dan Dockich, I think he's thankful that it didn't work out as well. And what transpired after that, for both parties, has worked out splendid, I would say. So let's all give thanks. (laughs) And then the final head on my Mount Rushmore of things I'm thankful for in my lifetime as a WVU fan, I'm thankful for the John Hargett year. Terrible season by any stretch of the imagination. Excitement was there for the John Hargett season. John Hargett, John Hargett, 
a great recruit, lots of excitement going in. It exploded. Terrible season. I don't think Gail Catlett won a Big East game that year. Catlett retires. I told you I'm thankful for it not working out with Dan Dockett. In comes John Beeline. WVU basketball rises from mediocrity, gets to an Elite Eight, wins the NIT. Beeline goes to Michigan, and the timing works out not great because Huggins had to leave Kansas State after one season, but Beeline had built up the program to where Huggins, you know what? Am I off on this? Like, if let's say Dockage did stay. Does it still work out where Huggins is still the head coach in my of WVU? In my mind, it doesn't. Because, yes, Bob Huggins played for WVU, has a West Virginia tie, right? But if it's a trash program, do you think Huggins that many years in would start all over? With like with the with the quote unquote rebuild, maybe he he's absolutely capable. He took the Kansas State job, so that theoretically would have been a rebuild. Anyways, in my mind, Beeline builds it up, and Huggins is enticed to to leave Kansas State after one season, and that if it's not a good situation. Then, then Huggins doesn't come. And so this is the time of year. You should be thankful for things outside of the Thanksgiving season in 2020. Uh, maybe more difficult than other years to, to lead with what you're thankful for. Uh, but that's what I'm thankful for as a basketball fan of WVU. That'd be Thanksgiving. I already told you that, but I'll tell you again. Final thoughts coming up. Unreasonable Doubt is on the social media. On Instagram, at Unreasonable Doubt WV. On Twitter, at I'm Josh Witt. On Facebook, go to that search bar thing and type in Unreasonable Doubt. Do it. Interact with the show. Final thoughts of this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. The next game for WVU is tomorrow at 1.30 p.m. Back on the main ESPN network. And they'll play the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky in the championship game of the crossover classic. Western Kentucky's mascot, the Hilltopper, it looks like a cherry dot. You know, the dots that you get. Does anybody eat dots outside of Halloween? I know I don't. Dots, underrated Halloween candy. They come in the little cardboard box. You get like seven of them. It's fantastic. But anyways, the Hilltopper looks like a cherry dot with legs and arms. Anyways, this is the second game in this tournament where WVU will play a team picked in their preseason conference poll to win their conference. 
So Western Kentucky picked to win Conference USA in their poll. They beat Northern Iowa in the first round. They beat Penny Hardaway and his Memphis team in the semifinals to get here. Now, there are two opposite narratives at play with this game, and I feel like you go one or the other. You can't have both. One way to look at this game is a revenge game, okay? An average Western Kentucky beat a beginning of a dumpster fire WVU two years ago in Myrtle Beach, 63-57. So that's two years ago. Their best players from that game, their big guy, Bassey, six foot eleven. He's listed as a sophomore, and I had to look it up. Like, no, he can't be a sophomore because he he played WVU two years ago as a freshman. He redshirted last year. So he's a sophomore. He's still big and tall. Six foot two Hollinsworth. He's like the the player of the year, the preseason player of the year in Conference USA. He's still there and was on that team that beat WBU. Jordan McCabe was the only guy that played in the Western Kentucky game two years ago, which I'll say that again to, to prove the dumpster fire of 2018-19. Only McCabe on this team played in that game two years ago. and But Matthews was on the bench. Derek Culver suspended at that point. But, uh, but they remember, right? And Huggins for sure remembers. So, revenge game, all right? The other way you can look at this as a narrative, the dreaded trap game narrative. Let me explain. Guess who WVU plays after the Western Kentucky game? They play Gonzaga. Number one Gonzaga, in fact, in Indianapolis. Where did this come from, Josh? Well, let me explain it. Youngstown State, COVID. That game gets, quote-unquote, postponed. University of Tennessee next week was supposed to play Gonzaga in Indianapolis. Guess what? COVID. Tennessee drops out, all right? And the way Huggins explained it today, he basically called the ESPN hotline and said, uh, hey, this is Bob. Uh, we don't have a game this week. Uh, we'll play Gonzaga. Call me back. And then they made it work, right? So, like, that's that's the power of Bob Huggins. He just calls somebody at ESPN and now within a, you know, under a week's notice, they're going to go play Gonzaga in Indianapolis. Now, Gonzaga, uh, let's call them a college basketball powerhouse, which is very bizarre. (laughs) An Eastern Washington University, Washington State University school that... When I was a child, I had not heard of Gonzaga. And yet, over the years, uh, Mark Mark Few has kind of built the program into a powerhouse. How big of a powerhouse? Well, they had their first game today against Kansas. And guess what happened? Gonzaga dropped 102 points on Kansas. Yeah, you know, you're familiar with Kansas. 
They've won the Big 12 like 75 times. Gonzaga put 102 on them today. So I had to look. When's the last time Kansas gave up 102 in regulation? And guess what? Bill Self's been there since 2003. It's never happened under Bill Self. Ever. That's a lot of years. That's like, by my count, like 17, 18 seasons. It's never happened. Another team's got to 100 in overtimes, but never in regulation. Gonzaga and Kansas. I mean, Bill Self, known for defense, man-to-man defense. Gonzaga shot 65% for the game. (laughs) God, against Kansas. This powerhouse, Gonzaga, their non-conference schedule, they played Kansas. They're going to play Baylor later on this year, and they're playing WVU next week. They are not scared at all. So this is a big opportunity, WVU playing a number one team. That's always, it's always exciting to play a number one team. Okay? And Huggins, so think about that. Then also think, after the game today, Bob Huggins said, so he laid down the Gonzaga scheduling story. Then he said at some point, I'm paraphrasing, uh, yeah, I called the folks at uh, the practice facility and told them, hey, uh, make some room for the next trophy. Like he's calling a shot that, that West Virginia is going to win this bad boy mowers crossover classic. By the way, regardless of who wins, what do you think that bad boy mowers crossover classic trophy is going to look like? Huh? It's got to be it's got to be a golden lawnmower, right? Like a golden riding lawnmower. Maybe it's just that with like a basketball spinning on like the handlebars or like on the or whatever. Handlebars like it's a a, <laughs> a bicycle mower. Do they make those? Maybe it's that guy from the commercial, the marketing director with sunglasses on, spinning a basketball while on a riding lawnmower. All that dipped in gold and then put on a Pentagon platform. Right? Anyways, so many possibilities for the trophy of this. Huggins is already picturing it on the trophy shelf. And so maybe Huggins and the players are thinking about things besides Western Kentucky thinking about just what this that sweet sweet trophy is going to look like and maybe probably more a higher percentage maybe they're already thinking about the gonzaga game and if you're doing that that you could possibly overlook the team in front of you which is western kentucky thus trap game okay so if it goes the revenge game route wvu there's no scenario where they lose the revenge game They win the revenge game if we go that route. If it's a trap game, the good news is that West Virginia can still win a trap game. It's just going to be close, and West Virginia is going to be favored in this game again. They're going to be the betting favorite. They can win it close if it's a trap game, or unfortunately, uh, you can lose a trap game. So we'll see what happens. Will it be a revenge game? Will it be a trap game? 
Uh, I have no idea. But as, other than my prediction is, it's going to be one of those two things. <laughs> That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Thank you for listening. It's great to be back in the basketball season. Listen to this wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Amazon Music, CastBox. Subscribe to the podcast. If there's a thing where you can press five stars, do that. I heard that's good for podcasts. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2020-2021 season. They're 2-0. WVU out route out. WVU outbound.